on a piano. Oh. Yeah, I like found it on electric. Yeah, electric keyboard. Yeah. Okay. Um, I know I've always called it a piano. I've always had. I've I've never had an actual like piano piano, but I've always called I've always called my keyboards pianos. Um, <laughs> and everyone's like, "Oh, you have like actual like acoustic." I'm like, "No, it's a piano. I can't afford an actual acoustic piano." <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but like, so I I got a keyboard off my marketplace and it's pretty good. Um, I bought a pedal from Long Fade, but the issue is that I'm having with it is like if you pu- if you plug in the pedal, it starts doing like the it starts doing the, su- the sustaining right away. Mm-hmm. So you have to like do like the pedal the opposite way. I need to look up and see how to fix it because I can't keep going like this. <laughs> hmm. Like with my old piano, if you like had uh. So if you had it like uh, depressed when it was turned on, like when the, when you were turning the piano on, it would when the keyboard on, it would like it would it would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but like this one, just I don't know how to fix it. Hmm. So, but I'm not gonna try fixing it until uh, Saturday because I have or not like Sunday because I have um, I'm going away tomorrow to a friend's place um, nearby, and then I'm seeing friends in Oakville. Friday and Saturday, so I'm like, I really just, I don't need to focus. This is, I need to de-stress <laughs> from my piano troubles. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it was so nice to start playing again. I was like, oh my god, thank you, mental health is going to be so happy soon. <laughs> yeah, there was a, a TikTok video that I saw where it was a nurse on her break, and she had gone into like the middle of or like the entryway of the hospital and was playing the big grand piano that mm. was there, and just playing. I forget what song it was, but it's just she was playing beautifully, and you could just tell that she was really into it. Yeah, and just getting rid of all the like stuff that happened with, during her shift. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was talking to one of the guys in residence here. I like got back from uh, shopping, and he was like, "Oh, or do you go to the gym?" I'm like, "Nope." <laughs> and he's like, "Oh, I go there for my mental health." I'm like, "I just want piano for my mental health. We're okay." Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like our our residents like share the parking lot with the, with the like the gym so I mean I theoretically it's right there mm-hmm. but I'm also like oh I didn't bring ready shoes darn <laughs> <laughs> but I do have like athletic shorts and like for sleeping and stuff so yeah I could theoretically go we'll see yeah I'm just not comfortable with people like seeing me I don't I never do anything I only ever go on the treadmill which I'm comfortable pe- most people seeing me run and like that's about it I just put in headphones and like just go um it's never like intense or anything it's just like you know just to make me feel good about doing something that day (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah like it's been recommended to me like oh yeah just go out for like a walk once a day like in my neighborhood (laughs) I don't know like it's 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 fine I just find everything threatening like your hometown of Victoria well, anywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's more of a you problem then. <laughs> like, people seeing me outside? <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. No, I probably should have done the, uh, like, history of Stephen King and whatever. Oh, that's okay. <laughs> is there another Stephen King musical? It would be interesting if there is another Stephen King musical. No one else could ever be. Misery like, is just, like, two people in, like, in a cabin. <laughs> and I go, bang, bang. <laughs> there goes your knee. Caps <laughs> Um, well, there is that one song called Bust Your Kneecaps. I love it. It's one, I think it was my like song of 2019 or summer 2019. <laughs> we will bust your kneecaps. Ooh, uh, I think it was like 
Sorry, I'm just up. I don't think they would do one for like, oh, it the musical would be so much fun. <laughs> yeah. Hey, um, we all float okay. down here. Um. Uh, <laughs> sorry, there's one that popped up. What? Uh, Stand by me. Um. That's a Stephen King. That's a mystery stage play. Um, oh, well, well, that's different. Okay, yeah, no. Um, we need the musical part of it. <laughs> to be the uh, one guy that just, like, is bedridden the entire time. Yeah. Uh, Ghost Brothers of Darkland County. Um, it's... Uh, sorry, it's a message. Um, original musical with a book by Stephen King, musicals by John Mellencamp. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Interesting combination. <laughs> Little White House is for you and me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, is it little pink houses? Uh, yeah, little pink houses. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I wouldn't get a pink house. Oh wait, there. Okay, so there is. Uh, um. They, they so they adapted the Misery stage play into a musical version. Mm. Um, it hasn't been staged though. Wow. Wait. Oh my God. The Misery stage adaptation, like the play, premiered in Broadway in twenty fifteen with Bruce Willis and Laurie Metcalf. What? <laughs> okay. <laughs> I, can, I can totally see that, but I don't. I don't understand why Bruce Willis Bruce just Willis. seems like a very unapproachable guy. Bruce Bruce Willis, like anything, like I only ever think of him in. I have never seen Fight Club, but I know. Is he? No, not sorry, no, not Fight Club. No, the no. other one. Um, Die Hard. Die Hard. Yeah. Sorry, that was, that was, people are going to be so hard for those two. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I can never think of him in anything other than like Die Hard or like those kind of movies. Well, he was in Friends for a couple episodes. Yeah. Who was he in Friends? He was like one of the boy. He was a boyfriend, right? He was a boyfriend of Rachel, and he was the father of one of Ross's girlfriends. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That was huh. A weird storyline, but. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah. Anyways, enough about you know, uh, Stephen King musicals and plays. Hello, well, everybody. Think... Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, no, go ahead. Oh, um, I, I was kind of thinking that I would get into reading some Stephen King books because I do own The Shining. Um, and just, it seems like some kind of books that I would really enjoy because I just finished watching Midnight Mass. Is that what you're watching today? No, that was something else. Okay. Um, that was uh, Coming Home in the Dark. That was... <laughs> that was... <laughs> interesting concept didn't quite stick the landing but I, I can talk about that later okay. um, but I Midnight Mass is like the tv show that's on Netflix right now and it's got like all the Mike Flanagan uh regulars um have you watched Haunting of Hill House no oh. <laughs> yeah, sorry <laughs> um yeah so it's it's kind of really like Stephen King-esque where it's like small town America um, something creepy is happening in the background. Yeah. Um, like there's a lot of religious trauma in this <laughs> yeah. series, but everyone has kind of like agreed that there are two very good looking men in this <laughs> TV show. You have the priest and the sheriff. <laughs> we have another <laughs> hot priest issue, just like in Fleabag. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, I, I sent one to Hannah and like Hannah's Catholic, so I feel kind of weird uh, <laughs> like, saying that to her. <laughs> I'm like, 
like, I want to make it weird, but this is just such a good TV show, but I don't know how you're going to react to it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she thinks, I think I've uh, interested her enough to watch it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just like me trying to convince my parents to watch it because it's so good, but they just don't like jump scares or anything like that. Yeah, for sure. So I've had a hard time convincing anyone to watch it and I can't talk to anyone about it. So, and I don't also don't want to spoil it just in case someone get, comes along and wants to watch it later. Yeah. <sighs> but yeah. for some reason, this priest guy, or the priest and the sheriff, they're just so good looking, but they're like, but like the priest isn't conventionally good looking. Yeah. And so I think it's just his voice and like his charisma. Very calming personality or. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you look up Hamish Linklater? Okay. Or Hamish. I don't know how to pronounce his name. I always thought it was Hamish, but because I know a Hamish, but I think it's Hamish. Um, I have him pulled up here, but my computer is being slow. Um, Oh, he looks really familiar. What was, mm -hmm. Oh, he was in. What was he in? He was in 42. I don't think I saw 42. Baseball? Oh, he was. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. He, he was the, he's the guy who. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was the guy who was like really nice, like uh, to Jackie Robinson, like from the get go. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And was like sticking up for him and got into like a big fight. Yeah. Uh, after he got hit with the ball. He's he's in Fantastic Four. Damn. Not as like a big character. Like his name is it, just yeah, Leonard. Yeah, Leonard. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he's. Uh, I don't think he's married to, but like his partner is Lily Rabe, from uh, American Horror Story. I don't know American Horror Story at all. And I think she's like showed up in a couple of those like, uh, oh, what's his name? The guy who did Glee. Oh, uh, Ryan Murphy? Yeah, he. I think she's shown up in a couple of his uh, productions. Mm -hmm. It just seems like with um, certain directors, they just like certain actors and they'll yeah, keep them in all of their stuff. So that's the same, same thing with uh, Mike Flanagan. He has the same people in all of his uh, shows and sometimes brings in new people. So this is the first time that he's working with Hamish Linklater yeah but he right. was yeah he was also in Pushing Daisies and I tried looking up that episode because I really like Pushing Daisies but he's this like horse jockey who's supposedly very short but then gets into an accident breaks both of his legs and then they decide oh we can't repair this with his real legs so we're gonna take the horse and we're gonna put his legs on <laughs> or get like the whatever femur bone and so he's suddenly very tall <laughs> and the guy in real life is quite tall yeah okay i i'm, I'm done talking <laughs> no i need to get to business yeah thank um, you for indulging me with my okay. uh, midnight mass that's okay <laughs> hi everybody welcome to episode, episode number 35 of mystery the spotlight on carrie the musical i'm <laughs> max mccowan i'm annika lutane yeah so um it's so this is a stephen king carrie um we'll talk about stephen king a little bit later just our personal histories that kind of thing mm -hmm. um so as a quick synopsis, adapted from Stephen King's 1974 novel, Carrie. 
focuses on an awkward teenage girl with telekinetic powers whose lonely life is dominated by an oppressive religious fanatic mother. 1774? 1974. Yeah, I thought you said 1774. Oh, I'm not sure. Um, when she is humiliated by her classmates at the high school prom, she unleashes, she unleashes chaos on everyone and everything in her path. Um, yeah, so, Annika, what did you look into this week? And also, I, I have quite a bit to talk about. <laughs> like, okay, I, good. Yeah, because like, I don't have that much. There's a surprising amount of people that have been in the show because it's been around since the, the 80s. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, <laughs> go ahead. Yeah, it's kind of a, a weird thing. I tried watching Carrie last year. I think we discussed this a couple mm-hmm. weeks ago where uh, I was trying to do it the 31 days of horror movies. And I tried like, oh, Carrie, that's just like a, such an iconic horror film. Mm-hmm. And I just couldn't get in it because I just found everyone so annoying. I couldn't find it like on Netflix or Disney Plus or anything, so I just I just watched the musical version. I think it might be on Amazon Prime. Okay, um, I, I know I have that, but I, I just don't use it. It's not it's not really worth it. Or, Is this twenty thirteen Carrie or the nineteen? No, the nineteen seventy six yet. Yeah, and like I like S- Sissy Spacek, but just her voice in it was really annoying. Mm-hmm. Um. So yeah. Um. They, sorry, I just want to say, like, they, they produced that movie very fast. Like, the novel came out in 1974, and the movie came out in 1976. Usually it takes, like, years to for, like, get a movie production. That was also, like, the first, it was the first novel he ever published, and the first, like, movie we ever made of his novels. So it's just, like... Yeah, I touch he, on that. He, I, oh, sorry. Okay, never mind. That's okay. That's okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I step on your toes <laughs> okay. I'm just taking away your thunder. No, no, no talking for Annika today. (laughs) I just watched that episode of Friends where it's just like, how do you expect me to grow if you won't let me blow? You take (laughs) my wind. (laughs) Okay, so uh, my sources are Wikipedia, IMDb, and BaltimoreOutloud.com because it talks about Carrie's cult status. Mm. Um, So it's based on the... Well, it's kind of like an or the musical version is like an adaptation of an adaptation mm-hmm. so you have uh originally it's a book written by stephen king that was released on april 5th 1974 and quickly as max said got made into a film in 1976 uh, which was directed by brian de palma um oh yeah so i'm just going through a quick carry history right now um mm-hmm. i'll talk about the film in a little bit but 1988 uh it was made into a broadway musical adaptation (laughs) um it was viewed as one of the biggest and most expensive flops in broadway Mm. history closing after just five performances yeah and like it was well liked too like people liked the show like it was reviewed well and like the like people enjoyed it really but it's just like they just they just didn't go see the show like, That's not they, what I heard. Like, it, no, people, like, there was nothing outrageously bad about it. It was just nobody really <laughs> flocked to it that hard. Yeah. Um, apparently, the original actress to play Carrie's mother in the show, Barbara Cook, uh, left the show after almost being decapitated by a moving set piece during the show's first performance. Oof. Like, that reminds me of, like, some, like, Disneyland moving parts or like you know spider-man turn off the dark <laughs> i don't know what happened there um a bunch of, like we can talk about oh that'll be fun to do um <laughs> the history of um like marvel comics spider-man yeah 
yeah I think there's some other I think there's some other superhero or like comic book musicals we can look into as well um if we don't want to just do like a one-off um which could be fine comic book month oh maybe that'd be fun I don't think there would be one maybe. <laughs> have you seen the trailer for uh the Hawkeye yeah, the Steve Rogers <laughs> musical. <laughs> I'm so excited. I'm really excited yeah. for that. Yeah, I'm excited. Yeah, I'm not really like the biggest, like, I mean, Hawkeye is, you know, the most useless Avenger. Don't come for me, but <laughs> he's the one I don't that... get the Hawkeye hate. It's I, not that I hate, really like it's him. just like, in comparison to everyone else, it's just like, anyways, we can talk about it later. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sorry, Anna, because we yell at me. So. <laughs> <laughs> um... What were we even talking about? I, I think there are some other like comic book musicals, or if not, we can just do it like a one-off or something. Um, but uh, yeah, like a bunch of people, like the show was like stuck in previews for like three months because they had to like rework the show like every night. And like, I think mm-hmm. somebody straight up died like doing the stunts for that show, um, which, you know, held up the production. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. I, I don't, hmm. Yeah, I know, because like there's like a lot of like acrobatics stuff like that in that show. Where you have to like do like a lot of swinging. So I think they had body doubles because obviously they're not gonna make. Um, I can't think of his name right now. Hayes Town Boy do all the swinging around. <laughs> um, <laughs> what's his name? Oh, it's been so long since I was like think, thought like talked about musicals in a while. He was in Penny Dreadful. He scared the crap out of me. Oh God, what's his name? Oh my God. Huh. Starts with an R. It doesn't start with an R. I don't even know. <laughs> He's like, Hades Town Boy. Tap, 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 tap. <laughs> he does la, 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 la. Um, yeah, well, you're looking that up. Uh, so some criticism for the uh, 1988 Broadway show was uh, like the score kind of lacked some consistent tone. Sorry, if I'm Did you get it? <laughs> yeah, Reeve Carney. Reeve Carney, okay. Yeah. Sorry, it's um, so the the score lacked a consistent tone where it had some 80s pop songs kind of for the school kids but some fire and brimstone songs for Carrie and Mrs. White so they just felt like it just was kind of off balance I hate those songs <laughs> <laughs> yeah I was listening to it I haven't quite finished it I got up to the prom mm. so I don't know how they cover how they do the big like massacre kind of thing it's it's fun, but I think you will you only really need to listen to like the teen songs. Um, mm-hmm. Like the destruction's fun. Like it really shows off Gary's range. But although actually the finale is really good, I love. Um, uh, ooh, Chris Deltamar in it. Hmm. Did you you did the twenty twelve revival right? That's what you were listening to. Uh, let me see. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. I think it's the only one available. So unless you're listening to Riverdale. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, okay, it doesn't really tell me anything about it. What color is the cover? Is it like red the and cover. brown? Uh, it's like a big thing of blood. Okay. <laughs> I don't um, even know. Um, does it say like the premiere cast recording? Oh no, I've got like the stage play. Oh, oh were you watching it? Yeah. Oh, okay. Um, Anywho, we can... yeah I don't know who did it but okay um, they did a decent job but it was just mm. a lot of s- sopranos yeah <laughs> I need some diversity yeah. in the vocal range yeah 
Um, so despite its failure, it gained a cult following due to its timeless and universal themes of conflict between teenagers and their parents, as well as self-discovery, where Carrie attempts to defend herself in a patriarchal and unjust world. Self-discovery of like your telekinetic murderer's powers. <laughs> yeah, and your womanhood. Yeah. Yeah. Apparently, um, in one of the articles I read, you had uh, Stephen King kind of th- saying that he didn't expect Carrie to be that big of a phenomenon because he's like, oh yeah, who's really going to want to read about a, a girl who is going through menstrual issues? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, it's, like, just cra- like, it's just crazy like how how little of a thing that is, but how like it ruins her, like it ruins her social, I mean, she never really had a social status before, but like mm-hmm. how much like, it traumatized her, like first from, you know, the teasing from the kids and then realizing the betrayal from her mom. Yeah, because her um, mom never told her anything about it. And also she's like, I don't, obviously people have different like bi- biological like processes and stuff, but it's mm-hmm. like, she's like 17, like she's a senior, but obviously. Yeah, that, that seems kind of late um if we want to get really close and personal I got mine when I was 10 yeah and like just early maybe her mom did some religious stuff to keep it back I don't know <laughs> just please don't let her I, I don't I don't I don't think it's a matter of like <laughs> pray the just pray, pray, pray the menstrual way <laughs> oh my god um, <laughs> so the, the religious folks that listen to us are not going to be happy. I don't think <laughs> if we have if we have any, any li- li- listeners. Period. <laughs> <laughs> I think we lost them. Yeah. <laughs> like honestly, I don't even listen anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like I can't handle my voice anymore. Well, that's um, good though, because then like every time I go see like a. Every time I upload an episode, like, I look back a couple days and says we have like three more listens. I'm like, oh, it's gonna be probably yeah, like that. But it's, it's good that you aren't listening, so we have three people listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, there's those three people that listen every week. We're here for Hello. you. Please engage with us on our Instagram yeah. because all we get is the stupid like promote us, prom- promote us on uh, yeah. whatever thing. I've tried to like block them all, but they keep popping up. And okay. I swear, it, I swear it, they're bots. It's, it is always it's always bots. I know. Um, any, any engagement is good engagement on social media. <laughs> That's not true. Not true. Um, any, sorry. I forgot where we left. <laughs> I don't know. I'm feeling very squirrely. Today. Religious uh, menstrual cycles. Um, it's it's actually a really traumatizing moment in like a girl's life when you start going through that menstrual phase. Mm-hmm. Because you're like, oh God, what is this? Yeah. And <laughs> because and, like, no one thing, tells like, you about it they're like the not like all those girls that were in front of her experienced it too but they age of like 10 or 11 or 12 mm-hmm. not you know 17 so they're really just like obviously they should have not been making fun of her in the first place but she's like they should just be helping her mm-hmm. like this is what you know human biology is also, girls helping girls tells you a lot about like the education system but <laughs> yeah. i mean like even i even like the boys and like the boys sex talk got like we're told about menstruation and stuff oh so i remember not, like, being very not, uncomfortable learning about the guys stuff i i was like learning about girl stuff it's okay <laughs> but like <laughs> it was still like we still learned about it like we still learned like not like the like the details of it but like you know this is what happens every month they uh anyways we're not talking about this. we're not talking about <laughs> <menstruation>. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just realized how far we've gone. <laughs> I know. Well, like, why are we talking about sexual health? Hey, hello, children. Like the... Today we will be talking about puberty. Yeah. In the context of Carrie. <laughs> yeah. This is like a. If you want to learn more about this, go watch a Big Mouth episode or something. <laughs> no, don't even do that. <laughs> Jesus. Big Mouth is like disturbing. I've, I've heard it's good, but it's also very like the animation is disturbing. Like mm-hmm. I, I heard you get like good lessons from it, but like it's very like I don't want to watch that thing, those things bouncing around on the screen, so <laughs> I will not watch. <laughs> I don't want to see those things in cartoon form. No. <laughs> yeah. Anywho. <laughs> yeah. Okay. We're done. We're done talking about the station. Okay. Ready. Okay. We're going back to the 1988 Broadway musical. Yeah. So despite its failure, uh, it gained a cult following. Yeah. Oh, geez, I just did, I said that before, didn't I? It's, it's been like two minutes since we said it, so you can say it again. <laughs> so, it gained a cult following due to its timeless and universal themes of conflict between teenagers and their parents, as well as self-discovery, where Carrie attempts to defend herself in a patriarchal and unjust world. And then next, you have the 1999 sequel called The Rage, Carrie 2, which I don't know why they wouldn't switch that around, like Carrie 2, The Rage. Yeah. I think... Um, I only know about it because I watched the Dead Meat uh, YouTube videos about it, mm-hmm. and I think James A. Janice does talk about why is it kind of backwards. Wait, but like everyone dies at the end of Carrie, except for like Snoo, Snoo, it- Sue. Sue <laughs> Snell. <laughs> yeah. Just combine your first name. Snoo um, Snoo Snoo Cell. Um, oh, half sister. Okay. Yeah. Lazy so- plot device. <laughs> Just resurrect Carrie. She was already telepathic. Well, it, depending on how that weird dream goes for Sue at the end of um, the film, or like Carrie reaches out of the oh yeah yeah the, the grave. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the premise is where Carrie's father had an affair and had another daughter who also had telekinetic powers. So we can tell that this is a hereditary or yeah. seemingly hereditary thing through the father. Mm-hmm. Um, the only person to reprise their role from the original film was Amy Irving as Sue Snell, who became a school counselor after surviving the prom massacre. She wasn't even there, was she? Uh, so she, so her boyfriend Tommy Ross took Carrie to the prom. Took, mm-hmm. took Carrie to the prom. So Sue, Sue, Sue stayed home. <laughs> Sue Snell stayed home. <laughs> he stayed um, stagnant and stationary. <laughs> Um, but then she went in to like see how things were going and then Miss Gardner was like what why are you here you're here to prank Carrie go away um, mm. so because she was like outside the auditorium when everything happened she didn't get hurt um, and then she was with Carrie when Carrie died um, yeah. spoilers for Carrie I guess which we're talking about today so <laughs> you should already know yeah um, I feel like one of the most traumatizing things about the movie is how what's his name dies I, um, I didn't watch the movie. The the boyfriend. Uh, Tommy or Billy? Honestly, I can't tell them apart. Oh, wait, like, how does he die? Like the, the nicer guy. The bucket on the head? Yeah. Yeah, I know. I, I um... Anything I that's, watch... like, blunt force trauma is a bit terrifying. Yeah. I didn't watch the, I didn't watch the, um, the movie, but I did watch the, uh... There's this YouTube channel that people get recommended for. Just keep on watching. It's, like, sci-fi recapped. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's okay. like the it's like the Siri voice, like the it's like the Australian Siri voice who just like goes through the movie <laughs> and goes through the plot points. So I watched like a twenty four minute video of him like going through plot points of Carrie, and like that was one of them. I was like, oh yeah, the guy gets hit on the head with the back and it dies. 
Yeah, because it just like goes to show how like vulnerable your head is. Yeah, I mean that's what the whole thing with the baby like keep the baby's head safe. Yeah, (laughs) it's just although babies are very durable. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, Um, a lot better than we are. (laughs) Yeah, we're talking about all the stages of life today. I I guess so. (laughs) (laughs) Let's talk about menopause in a couple minutes. So in 2002, there was a TV film remake where Carrie survives the end of this film. Uh, I can't remember too much about it. It was kind of weird. Um, there is then a 2013 remake starring Chloe Grace Moretz, Julianne Moore, Judy Greer, and Ansel Elgore. I remember when that uh, came out, and I was that, like, "That was the version that I watched in the uh, yeah, like the rework thing." Yeah, it was not really well received. I was surprised that Ansel Elgort was in the show, like in the movie. Um, well, he, he because, was like a, an up-and-comer. Yeah, for sure. No, it was just like, after watching, I watched the um the stage production first with like Derek Klenna, so I was like expecting like a Derek Klenna kind of, kind of actor, not like Ansel Elgort. Um, mm-hmm. And also I'm not ready, I'm not, I'm not ready for uh, West Side Story. Um, You've completely ruined Haley's um, uh, like perception of Ansel Elgort because I think a couple months ago I made a comparison to uh, between him and uh ooh, what's his name Ivanka's husband oh um Jared Kushner yeah yeah Jared Kushner so I did I was like he kind of looks like Jared Kushner and then Haley's like no I don't believe you I'm not gonna believe anything you say about that yeah. but then I a couple of days later I sent her like a side-by-side comparison of them yeah. and she was like screw you <laughs> stop yeah um yeah I, I like Chloe Grace side story. sorry I like Chloe Grace Moritz I can't uh envision her as an adult actor it's definitely or... rare to see her as like tw- I mean she's 23 so it's not that old or 24 it's 2021 yeah she's 24 now um but she played like um she played like a reporter or something and it was based on the real life story of a girl who had something wrong with her brain or something like that some sort of infection mm-hmm. and that was making her feel like she was going insane and so they tried to like depict her as like oh a career woman and stuff but then it's just you just imagine her like oh why is this teen playing a grown woman yeah and then she goes and like and voices like Wednesday Adams and the Adams family. Yeah. So like she's definitely pretty, you know, paid and choosy with her role in her, in her age. Mm-hmm. And she was like in the fifth wave of a couple of years before that. I don't think I ever finished that book. I watched the movie. I didn't see the. I didn't. I didn't, I didn't even see the movie. Um. Oh, so I yeah, see. it's it's yeah. A, definitely an anti-bullying musical um mm-hmm. i i kind of associate carrie the musical with heathers a lot mm. they're kind of in the same vein uh because they have quite similar themes and both in riverdale <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's another thing yeah. um but i think that heathers goes more heavy with the anti-bullying theme mm-hmm. or at least the version that i watched which was our high school's and like Heather's has a lot more like sinister, like it's a lot more like there's no supernatural element to her. They just straight mm-hmm. murder people. Um, yeah, this could like whereas, actually happen. Whereas this is like supernatural, like she just is like a you know a weird girl with like v- v- like voodoo powers. <laughs> um, whereas like Heather's is like brute force and poisoning and like that kind of thing. So yeah, um, 
yeah, that one feels a lot more like I don't get as scared with Kiri because it's like it's not real. Like you know that it's like you know that it's um it's fake. But like Heather's is like mm-hmm. this could happen. Yeah. So, I yeah. I remember feeling very uncomfortable during Heather's. Like, yeah, the it's, time. yeah, it was it's definitely uh definitely a choice to do that at a high school production, even if there is like a high school like rewriting of some lyrics. <laughs> Or like mm-hmm. cutting out songs entirely, like you know, arguably the best songs, like Blue. <laughs> oh, and both have Derek Klena in it. Derek Klena, no, Derek Klena wasn't in Heather's. Really? I don't think so. I uh, was sure he was. I thought that's how you guys all got to know him. Um, I found him through like, through, like Dogfight and um, Anastasia before. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. Anastasia's coming to Vancouver in January. Oh, that's so exciting. Yeah, I think uh, some of the Ukrainian group and I are going to go. Oh, that's so fun. Nice. Yeah. Um, Darren Chris is coming to Toronto on December 18th. <laughs> um, that's, a day, that's the day I'm set to fly out. Um, but I also fly don't back know. Home? If, yeah, fly back home. Oh, okay. Um, but I also don't know if that's actually the day because I need to like, I need to see what my exam schedule is like um because like you have to like it's like it's resident so you have to move out like either like a, yeah. like, a, a, like a day after your final exam or like before a certain date whichever comes first um would you try to reschedule it just to meet him no I wouldn't if it if it happens like if I if I have an exam on the 20th and mm-hmm. I have to be here until the 19th then I'll definitely check and see if I can get a ticket but like it's not gonna be like I'm not gonna stay for him yeah I'm sorry Darren Chris <laughs> That's yeah. the thing with like um we know that Pedro Pascal is in like Edmonton right now. Ugh. And I was like, Hannah, do you want to go on a road trip? I was also um when I was at Sheridan like tw- two years ago, um uh six was doing like their pre-Broadway like tryout mm. there. Um like mm-hmm. they, they were there for like three weeks, I think. So I was like, oh, do I fly out? Because like it was during my reading break, like first semester. So I was like, <laughs> do I fly out to Edmonton to go see six or do I not? And I'm like, I won't. <laughs> I'll see you, like, on tour, like, on Broadway or something, and, like, maybe if it goes on tour to, like, Seattle and Edmonton, or, like, any border state, honestly, you can just, like, drive out mm-hmm. or fly out, too, because the border's opening on the 21st, which is, you know, um, weird. October? Uh, November. Oh. Or I don't know about this 21st, it's opening at some point in November, which is yeah. very exciting. I'm not going, I'm not going to the States for a while, I'm still staying mm-hmm. up here, mm-hmm. but <laughs> it's an exciting prospect of maybe going yeah is interesting that, yeah, the option is there um I won't accept the offer until maybe next summer we'll see yeah 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 I'm like already thinking about like summer plans and stuff which is kind of like yeah something to look forward to during these trying times <laughs> I don't even think like I'm dreading summer honestly oh yeah because I'm like oh we're gonna get so many more like heat waves and Ugh, I know dumb yeah. things because I can't handle heat yeah. we have found out <laughs> yeah. anyways sorry we're going off track way too much yeah well it's it's banter darling it's banter yeah <laughs> yeah no we had like a 35 minute episode last week so if i have like an hour and a half episode this week we're padding it up Ooh. yeah <laughs> yeah i was kind of nervous for this episode because i'm like oh i really don't have that much but i do have like fun facts oh that's good okay i'm really liking my fun facts but yeah. do you want to um Talk are about you, production? Yeah, sure. I'll go into the cast and the, oh, sorry, the uh, characters and the creatives. Mm-hmm. Um, 
so the characters, uh, so Carrie White, a shy outcast youth, often bullied by her classmates. While showering at school, Carrie has her first period for which the other girls in class tease her. Um, this event sparks the emergence of Carrie's telekinetic powers, which she ultimately uses for revenge after being cruelly pranked at the prom. Um, Margaret White, one of the main antagonists of the show, Carrie's overprotective and abusive mother. Margaret is a religious zealot. Uh, although she loves Carrie and wants to protect her from the world, especially from the school, her fanaticism often drives her to homeschool or abuse her daughter. Sue Snell, the main character, one of the, is one of the most popular girls at school. Sue initially teases uh, Carrie like all the other girls, but later feels remorse for what she's done. To make up for all she's done, she asks for her boyfriend, Tommy Ross, to take Carrie to prom instead of her. Uh, Tommy Ross, Carrie's version of Prince Charming. At first, Tommy takes no interest in Carrie, but takes her to the prom after his girlfriend, Sue, asks him to. Tommy is apprehensive, but soon finds himself wanting to become friends with Carrie. Uh, Chris Harginson, one of the main attendants of the show. Uh, Chris hates Carrie, bullying her every opportunity. She leaves the girls in throwing tampons at Carrie after she has her first period and feels no remorse after the fact. Uh, after Chris is bound, banned from the prom as punishment for, for bullying Carrie, she vows revenge. Um, Billy Nolan, the not-so-smart boyfriend of Chris, although he's not in school, uh, he plans to take Chris to prom until Chris is forbidden from attending the event. He kills a pig for Chris and harvests his blood to, in order to prank Carrie. Um, Miss Gardner, Carrie's fairy godmother. At first, she is disgusted by what she, she sees in the shower, but soon realizes that Carrie has no idea what is happening to her. She explains menstruation to Carrie and helps uh, Carrie develop her self-esteem, giving her the courage to accept Tommy's invitation to prom. And uh, Mr. Stevens, uh, late 30s, as well-intentioned English teacher and guidance counselor, struggles to help the students realize their potential. Uh, a dedicated educator, he's dedicated educator. Oh, um, <laughs> he's uh, stretched thin in his duties, woefully underpaid, and a bit overwhelmed as to how, how to handle Billy Nolan's of the classroom. Um, I will say this is like from the Wikipedia of the cast note of the cast um, of the character descriptions. Every mm -hmm. single character description says they die at the prom, except for Sue Snell. I'm like, like obviously we know that they, they die at the prom. Like, what are you trying to say? <laughs> um. Yeah, so the creators for the show, um, music is by Michael Gore, lyrics are by Dean Pitchford, and book is by Lawrence D. Cohen. So Michael Gore is a younger brother of Letsy Gore, um, who is like the singer of like, it's my party and I'll cry if I want to, like TikTok audio right now. Um, like, it's my party and I'll cry if I want, like that one. Oh. Um, I was like, oh, wow, that's topical TikTok. Um and then he has two Oscars for writing songs for fame. Uh, so original song and score. Um, he also composed for Terms of Endearment and Pretty in Pink. Yeah. Uh, Dean Pitchford, he started as a performer, performing Godspell Off-Broadway and in DC. Uh, he also played Pippin on Broadway, uh, which and he was cast by Bob Fosse for that role. Um, he won an Oscar for fame and received two Grammy nominations. Uh, he wrote the original screenplay for Footloose and received two Grammy nominations for songs he wrote for the film. He wrote the opening song for the 1984 Olympics in Los Angeles. Uh, he was part of the Footloose stage production, uh, which gave him a Grammy nomination for the show album. And he wrote songs for Lucy McGuire, the movie, uh, Shrek 2, and Bambi 2. Um, although it said, right. sorry, I, I mean, they were written by him, but they were contributed for it. So like for Shrek 2, for example, it was like, he wrote a original song for that, but it was like, it's holding up for a hero, which he wrote for Footloose, was in that song, was in that movie. Um, so like he like, contributed it to the movie. <laughs> Oh, okay. um, but honestly, I love the Shrek 2 version so much. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can't find it anywhere. 
oh no on, on spotify like i can't listen I to it as part of a playlist and i have to deal with the bunny tyler version which oh. i'm not the biggest fan of because she talks like so you say like this. i love bunny tyler but like she puts way too much energy into that song or like she like she sounds like she's dying <laughs> when she's singing the song she's like i need a hero well like calm down it's like, like yeah fucked. you need a doctor <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah Wait. Um, and then uh, Lawrence D. Cohen has been attached to the three major uh, Carrie properties. So the 1976 movie, the 1988 musical, and the 2013 movie. Um, he, uh, he, I'm not sure if he bought the film rights from Stephen King, but this was something I just wrote down. Stephen King was paid $2,500 for the film rights, um, which yes. I'm sure is part to, you know, how this was his first movie he ever made. So I'm sure he didn't know how much they usually go for. Um, well, uh, it- like, he was just happy that, like, his book was getting picked up. Yeah, and, like, now we're, like, we don't, Stephen King doesn't need, doesn't need money from Carrie. We're fine. I'm sure he gets money otherwise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, and he wrote, an ad, uh, Lawrence D. Cohen wrote an ad- adaptation of South Pacific in 2001 for, um, it was, like, a movie musical, like, a direct to TV. Um, mm. It was, like, with, like, Glenn Close and, uh, um, Ooh, uh, Harry Connick Jr. Hmm. Just very interesting cast. It had to be. Yeah. I'll always associate him with like Meg Ryan and Tom yeah. Hanks movies or something. Yeah. Oh yeah, Glenn Close, speaking of uh, Shrek. <laughs> Who? Uh, the, uh, the Queen. No. That yeah. was Julie Andrews. No, Glenn Close is in... Mm. I'll bet you five bucks. <laughs> I'm not money money for this. <laughs> I'm low on money, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> Tuition took it out of me. <sighs> yeah. Like I know that she like voiced she voiced the granny from Hoodwinked. Am I right? Sorry, I just found a, <laughs> a fan of I looked up Glenn Close um, Shrek and there was like a fan page that was like my fan casting for Shrek Chetty Chetty was Shrek <laughs> and I was like okay definitely some choices there um, but I feel like I swear that Glenn Close was in Shrek Is this, no. am I wrong maybe maybe the queen just looks like Shrek maybe, sorry maybe, maybe the queen just looks like Glenn Close and that's what I think of no, she looks like Julie Andrews. What the heck? I swear. That's so wild. Okay. She is Granny from Hoodwinked. <laughs> okay. I- I'm okay with that being the answer. <laughs> and yet I don't get five dollars. Because I knew I knew my odds weren't good for me. <laughs> yeah. You go up against someone who's like obsessed with movies. Yeah, yeah, you're the film buff. Um yeah, so uh, what are your fun facts? Um, okay, so um, I might have some conflicting uh, information because I got one from like the IMDb fun fact page, but then I also had like something else that kind of told me something different from the Wikipedia page. So mm-hmm. I'm just going to say both of them. Maybe it happened at the same time. I don't know. Yeah, for sure. <sighs> so. Stephen King wrote Carrie while working at an industrial laundry, which, uh, which I was kind of confused at. An industrial laundry. Yeah. Wouldn't it be like a laundry, laundromat? I don't know. Anywho, 
So he was working there for a dollar sixty per hour. <laughs> um, and he based a great deal of his characters on his co-workers, especially uh, Carrie's mother. Mm. <laughs> there was probably some religious nut. That would, not, um, also, that, would, that would not be nice to be have that character based off somebody. I'm sure he don't... never talked to them again. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but um, there is a character in Midnight Mass that is very much like Carrie White's mother. And mm. everyone hates her. Um, at the time of publishing, he had moved on to a teaching position. So this is where I got conflicting because I'm like, I thought that he was working at this laundry place when he was publishing i don't know but somehow he became a teacher uh and was barely making ends meet but once the book was published and he received the publishing payment he resigned from his teaching post at first the hardback version only sold thirteen thousand copies to me that's like only <laughs> um but once it was released as a paperback a year later it sold over one million copies in its first year damn damn yeah um, the book is dedicated to King's wife, Tabitha King, who encouraged him to continue writing when he wanted to give up. Tabitha is also a writer and has written many novels, poems, short stories, teleplays, etc. Um, the book was one of the most frequently banned books in U.S. schools due to, or in the 1990s, due to violence, cursing, underage sex, and negative views of religion. <laughs> of course. Um, like you said before, Stephen King was paid uh, $2,500 for the movie rights to his book. Uh, this wasn't Stephen King's first book that he had written, but it was the first to be published and then the first to be adapted into a film. Um, the ending of the movie is different from that of the book, but even Stephen King prefers the movie's ending to his own. Um, he is overall, like, absolutely delighted with the film. Mm. Um, and That's I good, think- I know some authors don't like their films. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to remember who who it was that really hated it. Or I'm guessing Percy Jackson guy, Rick yeah, Roward, and sure. really yeah. didn't like those. But he's like he endorsed to the uh, the new one. Oh no, it's not the new one. Oh, I mean the Disney Plus one that's coming out soon. Okay. Um, but also the uh, stage production, he was like part of it or like consulted at least. Where did your arms go? Uh behind me okay sorry i was really confused it would look really strange <laughs> no it really distracted me um yeah and apparently there's like a whole shtick about stephen king how his endings are terrible or he doesn't know how to write endings um which was like reflected in like it part two where uh what's his name where bill's character was not good at writing endings Mm. Anywho, um, Amy Irving, who plays Sue Snell in the film, was married to Steven Spielberg from 1985 to 1989, um, and they also had a kid together. Um, Sissy Spacek was widely thought to be too pretty for the role of Carrie. Mm. Um, and she was also, um, I think she was actually home, not homecoming queen or prom queen at her high school. Mm. Um, I mean, that's the whole point of Gary, though, is that she is, like, beautiful, but, like, people just don't like her for some reason. Like, she's just religious and quiet. Well, I, mean, I guess, like, at least at least all the Carries that I've seen have been, like, conventionally, conventionally attractive. Well, because they're actresses. I mean, yeah. yeah but, but in the book, she's described as, like, not attractive. Yeah. 
Um, and chat this, more from Gary's. <laughs> <laughs> this was John Travolta's first major film role. And even though it was a relatively minor role, he got second billing after Sissy Spacek on the posters due to his involvement in the TV show Welcome Back, Cotter from 1975. Oh. Who did he play? I don't know. Cotter? I don't know. <laughs> no, who did he play in Carrie? Oh, he was the, the dumb boyfriend. Oh, he was Billy Nolan. That makes sense. That, that tracks. <laughs> um, and then Sissy Spacek was nominated for the Best Actress Care. <laughs> Best Actress category of the Academy Awards for the role of Carrie. Wow. Yeah. They're actually paying attention to someone in a horror film. Yeah, I know. Shocking. Like, um, Tony Collette was robbed. She should have won after Hereditary. That's the thing. Like, they never, like, they never give anything for, like, horror films or, like, animated, like, voice roles. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like they should just like at least acknowledge that voice actors are like also actors and they still perform too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah, and they it, also but, I mean, need to. It's kind of tough, though. I know. Yeah, but they also need to have a category for stunt performers. Yeah, for sure. Because they're putting their bodies on the line, yeah. like their actual lives <laughs> yeah. on the line. And because I've been watching those like stuntmen react to whatever and I'm hearing like all the times that they've gotten injured and all the like really crappy like uh, situation that they've been put in because like some directors just don't put in the proper safety requirements or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the whole thing right now with like the um, obviously the like, crew is different than stunt crew but like it's um, like there's an IATC strike right now which is like IATC mm-hmm. is like the, um, the technical production um like basically everyone that works on, like that isn't a performer or a writer or a director like everyone else that like just does like the handiwork on the crew like mm-hmm. they're on strike right now or they're about to be I'm not sure on the timeline but like that's gonna stop everything and that's good because like they just don't have good working conditions they're there before and they're after and they're just expected to do so much more than everyone else yeah so they're just and especially during the pandemic too because like the pandemic like moly, yeah yeah Yeesh. yeah Anywho. and those are all my fun facts cool so this show has been produced a couple times um there was so the first workshop was in 1984 um they did a out of town tryout in stratford upon avon in you know the uk <laughs> um that's uh, such a weird place for it to have originated i know yeah Um, seems so American. And then they did the Broadway production in 1988, did not do well there. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they brought it back for a reading in 2009. Um, And then they did an off-Broadway revival in 2012 that did it a little better and that like made it, I don't know, a lot more liked. Um, Mm -hmm. Or at least like into the the zeitgeist. Um, And then uh, they did a production in Seattle in 2013 at I think Fifth Avenue Theater. Um, There was a revival in Los Angeles and then there was an off-West End production. and like going through all the cast for the show, I wrote down so many so many names. I was like, oh that name, oh that name, oh that name. <laughs> so starting from the original production, uh, the original workshop, actually, uh, Annie Golden was Carrie. Who? Um, Annie Golden. Uh, Orange is the New Black. Cheers. Uh, she's a Broadway person too, so she was in Assassins in Hair. Um, just trying to think. I'm sure, like, she was. Mm. It's okay. I don't like. I I've got to look it up. 
Um, but like I... any old, and she's like a, a you know a legend theoretically. I don't um, think I've ever seen her before though. That's all right. I don't need to know. I'm just trying to think who she was in Cheers, because that's probably the main thing that people probably know her from. Margaret O'Keefe. Oh, four episodes. Never mind. Okay. I just wrote down Cheers because I was like, oh, that's a major property. Where everybody knows your name. Um, and then Maureen McGovern. We talked about her on like our like third or fourth episode with Little Woman. Um, she was Marmy and Little Woman on Broadway. Um, <laughs> um, and then and, oh, in, in the uh she was Margaret in the original uh, reading. Uh, yeah. Laura Dean was in Friends as Sophie in the 34th season of Friends. So, like, she was one of Rachel's co-workers, I guess. Oh, I, she, I, poor girl. Oh, oh you <laughs> she, remember? She was, like, a, an assistant, and she was always treated very poorly. By, okay, uh, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and she's, like a probably, she's like a probably person. So she was in Fame and the Who's Tommy, and huh. she played Sue Snell. Um, yeah, uh, Liz Calloway was also in it. She was Chris. Uh, Liz Calloway's uh, the movie Anastasia, um, and then a bunch of those like '90s Disney movies. She sings a song on the recording, um, cool. and then she was Ellen in Miss Saigon, and she was on Sunday in the Park with George, Evita, Cats, and Baby. Um, Lori Beachman was also in it. Uh, Lori Beachman. Uh, was the original uh, star to be in Annie. So like in the song NYC, that's, that's like the solo ensemble person sings that song. Um, and she's also in Les Mis, Cats, and Joseph, and she played Miss Gardner. Uh, Lindsay Haley, uh, she was uh, up and cover at the time. Like she was like, she was like 17, I think, when she was in, maybe, uh, she was young for sure, because like obviously carries a young role. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, she was 17 when this premiered. Um, so she was in Joseph, The Secret Garden, Les Miserables, Chicago. Uh, Betty Buckley, uh, she's a well-known name in the community. Uh, she played, I think she was Margaret White in that production, uh, in the Broadway production. Um, but she was, uh, in, I think she was original Chris Bell and Cass, I wanted Tony for that. Um, she was in 1776. She was Margaret uh, Jefferson, Martha Jefferson, sorry. Um, and she's also in Sunset Boulevard. Uh, she Marin was in The Happening. <laughs> is that uh, okay? Cool. Uh, I, that's that's what you're here for because, like, I know them from Broadway, but you know them from like more like mainstream things. Well, no, I'm just um, looking it up now. Okay, cool. Someone like she, she was in like Split, and or I yeah, guess she okay. has a good um. She has a good rapport with, uh, what's his name? M. Night Shyamalan. Mm. Uh, Marin Maisie. Uh, she is mostly well known for uh, Mother and Mary Time. Uh, she was also in Passion and Kissing Kate. Uh, she died three years ago now. Um, hmm. Yeah, she was... Uh, 57. She yeah. Yeah, she was... Um, yeah, and like the thing is, I think she died... Was it 2018 or 2019? 18. 18. Okay, yeah. Um, so I guess there was time before the pandemic for it to like mourn her and stuff. But like mm -hmm. I remember there's some people that died like right as the pandemic hit. Um, like in the Broadway community, it was kind of hard to like recover from or like hard to even like think about mourning them because like Broadway wasn't around. 
um mm-hmm. like usually when one somebody somebody from like Broadway dies there's like a big funeral and like they dim the lights on Broadway and it's like how do you dim the lights when the lights are already off like oof. yeah um oof. because I think they just announced or maybe a couple of weeks ago that there was going to be a special day every year I forget what his name is uh Nick Cordero Nick Cordero yeah day. yeah like on Broadway I don't know like in New York oh okay <laughs> Um, cause he's, uh, he's Canadian. He, um, went to school in, uh, with Casey Levy, who's also a Canadian Broadway star. Um, yeah. September uh, yeah, 17th is Nick Cordero Day nice. in New York. Okay, cool. Um, because he was, like, um, he was, like, he wasn't the first Broadway star to get it, but, like, he was very, he was prominent because he's, like, you know, a Broadway actor. He's healthy. He's perfectly fine. And then he gets it and he's in a coma for like months and he has his leg amputated and he just eventually just dies yeah and he just had a son yeah i know and it's yeah it's just so tragic mm-hmm. um yeah it's it's hard to think about um like you know it's once you're in you know like, we were still in the pandemic it's not going away anytime soon but um <laughs> sorry i don't want to doom us all but it makes me um, want to go like throw myself <laughs> yeah <laughs> we're not done yet <laughs> not done Jesus. Um, yeah, but anyways, um, just like when you're in the moment, you're like on your phone, you're like, you're like, oh, that, oh, that's so sad. Like, and just think about like, oh, let's just, it's okay, we move on. But you look back at everyone that died this whole past year, like, it's just like, oh my god, how do we deal with that? Like, how yeah. do we get through that? Like, it's just unreal. Like, like one death that like really hit me hard was over the summer when, um, Sean what's his name jesus sean eight out oh sean Locke, the comedian he passed away i don't know who so he was on um eight out of ten cats does countdown and so he's like a british guy Mm. and uh it was just like a comedic comedic uh game show thing and he was always just kind of like the cantankerous uh mm-hmm. older guy who just was very strange <laughs> and uh yeah just the fact that he passed away from cancer it yeah. really like hit me hard during the summer yeah I was at my grandma's place when we watched Jeopardy he was like oh god that's not Alf Trek yeah um and she when I first saw her she would like go on and on about Ken Jennings and how much she loves how much she loves Ken Jennings. And she also likes me my MP Alex. So she's okay with whoever takes it over. Because mm. <laughs> they're still choosing, because they went with that one guy who's a producer. They were like, no, another producer, he's too much money. <laughs> or like they were like, he's too much after the project. So they had to mm. find somebody new. I don't know. It's a whole thing. Yeah. I, I'm not huge into the Jeopardy politics. So no, I mean yeah. um Jennifer Damiano, she was uh Sue Snell and they're off probably reading. Um, she was in Next to Normal, uh, Spider-Man Turn Off the Dark as uh, Mary Jane. Um, uh, and then she's also in an American Cycle musical. Ooh. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be a fun one we could do. Um, Matt Doyle was uh, Tommy Ross in the reading as well. Matt Doyle's uh, Spring Awakening, The Book of Mormon, and he's in the current Broadway, Broadway production of Company where it's like gender swapped. So he's, uh, so their role is originally Amy, but he's playing Jamie. Um, so he, you know, like they're doing like the pattern song, like 
listen, everybody, don't know what you're bringing for. Like, I'm going to go ahead and go with some prehistoric ritual, like the really fast one. Um, with like the runaway bride. I've never, never seen it. Never mind. Okay. Company's <laughs> fun. Everyone go listen to company. Um, it's kind of hard to sit through though. It's a Sondheim show, but it's like, um, oh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so there's a, there's a runaway bride and, and like, so they changed it. Like with what they did with this production is that they swapped around, um, not all the roles. Like they didn't gender swap, uh, Joanne, but they gender swapped, um, the three suitors and body. So Bobby's main character is originally played by a man, but now it's played by Katrina Link. Um, mm. Yeah, I know. She, I love her. I so like much. her. Yeah. Um, you like her? I mean, what? she is gorgeous. Sorry. <laughs> like, is Annika thirsty on Maine? <laughs> <laughs> Just when we talked about liking a priest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <Hey>. Anywho. Um, <laughs> and then uh, Sutton Foster was Miss Gardner in the reading. Um, ah. Sutton Foster of, you know, Sutton Foster fame. Um, generally, you should know Sutton Foster. I'm not going to tell you who she is. No hints. Um, Christy Altamar, we talked about her on our Anesthesia episode. Um, so she was in Spring Awakening. That was like her big break. And then Mamma Mia and then Anesthesia um, as the title role. Um, and she played Sue Snell off-Broadway. Um, and then Derek Klenna, um he was in Dogfight and Wicked and Anastasia. He was actually like the 10th anniversary Fiero. Um, you know, it's exciting to be like in uh, Wicked. Fiorello? Uh, Fiero, the, uh, like the boyfriend in Wicked. Or like the romantic. Oh, okay. Um, it's because, you know, there's always like the 10th, like a 5th anniversary, 10th anniversary, 15th anniversary. Like who's, like who was Elphaba during this anniversary? Um, and he was at uh, Fiero during the 10th anniversary. It was like a big deal. Um, oh. And then he was also Anastasia as Dimitri, and that's where he, him, and Christy Altamar. I think they probably. I mean, obviously they did this before before Anastasia, so I think this might have been their mm-hmm. first meeting, or I'm sure they probably met before, but this was like their first working time working together. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that's kind of at least what solidified their um, connection in Anastasia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Carmen Cusack, she was, I believe, she was Miss Gardner in. The Off Broadway Revival. She was in Wicked, uh, Bright Star, and Family Opera. Uh, Alice Ripley, um, who's uh, who played Margaret in Seattle. Um, she was in Next to Normal, Sideshow, and American Psycho. She won a Tony for Next to Normal, I believe. Um, that's a, that's another <laughs> Next to Normal is so good. Um, I mean, I got back into it because of Riverdale, because Riverdale did a musical episode of it on it. Um, <laughs> Of course they did. Honestly, it's just no. It, I know Riverdale is no, but like it led me back towards a good musical, so I'm gonna give her props for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Kendra Kassbaum, uh, she's another Broadway person. She was in Wicked as Glinda. Most of the Wicked people I've met so far have been uh, Alphaba, um, and she's also been in Comfortable Way and Break Time. And that's it. <laughs> ah. Um. But it's just been, the, it's just, just goes to show like how many people have been in the show and how many people are like, connected to it. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually I can see like on the Off-Broadway Revival, uh, Gianna uh, DeWall is, um, she's Diana in the Diana Musical. <laughs> um, oh. And she played uh, Chris. Um, and then Ben Thompson, another person, he's um, in Waitress. I'm trying to think who he is. He's the bad boy in Waitress, I think. Um yeah. Anywho, that's it. 
Um, what's your favorite song? Mm, I wouldn't say I was really a fan of any of them, to be honest. Um, the first one was okay. Mm-hmm. Like it, it had its moments where I was like, "Ooh, sounds like kind of like, like kind of desperate, kind of dramatic, whatever." But then other times, it just seemed very much like Heather's. It definitely targets itself towards its, its like younger audience with that song. Yeah. Um, and then pushes them all away with like evangelical, like operatic stuff. I'm like, yay! I love like angry teenagers, but I'm like, I don't like religious folks. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I just wouldn't say I particularly enjoyed any of them. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of them I know that I wouldn't be able to sing because it was very much geared towards sopranos. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah, I love In so much. I guess I feel like it it, it definitely sets you up for to what to expect because it's very sinister and very, like, like sad teenagers, I guess. Although, I mean, mm-hmm. the teenagers aren't very sad except for, like, except for Carrie. Like, I feel like the entire time you'd be expecting, like, oh, they're going to be all, like, angsty and stuff like that, but they're just all mean to Carrie. Like, I guess it means something about, like, their, like, internal struggles and stuff like that, but, like, yeah, I just wish they, like, went more into each individual teen's mental state and not just, you know, Carrie's. Yeah. Um, I love um, the world according to Chris. Like, the Chris... Um, Oh yeah, yeah. I love that song. It's a, it's a fun song for Chris to sing. Um, and like it really lets you know about like her, you know, her mental state and her outlook on life. Um, uh, do me a favor. That one's good too. Um, where they're like, oh, can you take her to prom? I don't want to take her to prom. Please do it. Okay. Um, and then like that's when they're thinking about like the blood and pig and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, ugh, my god that like can we talk about how dramatic that would be if I have it to be I'd also like burn down to a couple of people <laughs> <laughs> like yeah that's very ugh. well like if I also saw like someone kill like another student because that's basically what they did to mm-hmm. um Tommy hmm? who's the nice guy Tommy yeah yeah, Tommy. So basically, she just saw him, saw them like kill Tommy, yeah. even if it was like by accident. I would lose my shit. Yeah. Um, and then I love the uh, the epilogue song. Um, it's because like Sue's the only one that survives, mm-hmm. so it's like her going through like her survivor's guilt and like like what could have happened if we were all just nice to her. Um, and like obviously Christy Altamar just going off Queen. I love her. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I forgot how much I loved her voice. Sometimes, sorry, I forgot how much I loved her voice. Sometimes I find her a little bit, like, her acting's a little bit, like, understated, so I'm like, is she, like, because, like, in Anastasia, she's playing, like, the straight man to, like, Dimitri and, um, and Vlad, um, Mm -hmm. so she has to be, like, a very, like, a lot more put together than them, um, but it's really, like, it, it means a lot to have, like, a sweet, like, kind girl that's just, that doesn't have to be like outrageous and screaming and killing people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I would have to say that she's probably my favorite character. Yeah. Because for sure. even though she does start off being quite mean, she does see the error of her ways and tries her best to apologize and kind mm-hmm. of atone for that. She flips right away. <laughs> like she's like, like it feels like like it feels like seeing her bully Carrie feels so out of character once you see the rest of the show. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of the whole point is like she was like that was not me I'm sorry like I shouldn't have done that yeah um, and then it seems like Carrie the thing that's heartbreaking about Carrie is that she she thinks she has a chance and like she she knows she has a chance to be friends with people and have like have a good like relationship with people and like when she first arrives at the prom with Tommy um, Chris isn't allowed the prom so they're not like they don't have the instigator there to like get bullying on um, so everyone's just nice to her and talks to Carrie like she's a human being. Mm-hmm. And then, like, even when, like, Carrie and Tommy get, like, crowned king and queen, like, they're all clapping for her and they're like, like, that's so exciting and that kind of thing. It's just like, I hate Chris. I'm like, if Chris wasn't <laughs> there, like, <laughs> damn, like, we could have had a good night, but Chris decided to ruin it all and got everyone killed. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I hate Mrs. White so much. <laughs> or, like, Margaret White. I'm like, I. what are you doing here? You're just mean, and you're ruining your child. Mm-hmm. Like, so much of this is you're doing. And I also want to know who the father is, because this is not brought up ever. And I'm like, because well, obviously Margaret White, just, like, Margaret White doesn't have the telekinetic powers, unless, like, maybe that explains why Carrie didn't get a period until she was, like, 17. I don't know. But I don't know. We might cut that. I'll cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it's just interesting to see like yeah. something you brought into the world you're just so awful to yeah I really don't like the open your heart song or like the um stay here instead I'm like Margaret it's done you're okay she's <laughs> going to prom it's, it's over with <laughs> um but I will say the one um Margaret song I like is the uh in equals week um, which is like when Carrie tells her about the like, the menstruation in the, in the uh, shower. Yeah. Sorry, I'll let you sneeze. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> it's trying to do it, but I don't know. <laughs> now that I mentioned it, it's not going to come. <laughs> yeah, it's not. <laughs> I'm good. I'm good. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, like, any is actually pretty good for all the, if I have to choose one out of like the, 10 or whatever how many songs they give to Margaret I'm like why does Margaret have so many songs give more to Chris or or Sue or Tommy (laughs) um I also found the Tommy being a poet line like plot line so weird like is Tommy a poet in the original uh I don't know like the dreamer in disguise song is a poet he is a poem he wrote like in class and it's like an eagle just another bird until it spreads its wings Poetry, wow. <laughs> I'm like, honestly, that is a, I don't want to stereotype Derek Clinton, but that feels like a poem he would write. Or at least the characters <laughs> he plays. I, I, I won't say him, but like the football jock kind of players. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't really know what to say. Um, actually, I will say I was first introduced to the school by Riverdale. You can all laugh, it's fine. Um, <laughs> But, like, you know what? It led me to a good musical, so I'll say that's it. Um, yeah. And the same thing with, like, Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Like, I like I knew of Hedwig, and I knew I should have been listening to it. And then, like, once we were looking around, I was like, okay, I'll listen to both songs. Actually, sound like, and I was like, oh, I love this show. Yeah. Um, yeah, so don't knock it till you try it, I guess, is what the moral of that story. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, anything else we'll talk about? Um, not really. Yeah. 
I think we've talked enough this episode. It's 11.30. <laughs> we've been recording for an hour and a half. Yeah. Like an hour and 15, but yeah. Yeah. It's full. Definitely have a lot to talk to have in this episode. <laughs> oh, I still have schoolwork to do. Dude, I am so unmotivated this semester. I also have school to do. I have to write a paper. Um, and it's due Friday, but I'm like going away tomorrow. And like I am getting back home Friday after like eight or nine, but I also don't want to do a paper at eight or nine on a Friday when it's due. So I'm gonna stay up late tonight because I still have to do laundry. So I'll just stay up late tonight and do it while my laundry's in the laundry. Um I went to Sorry, I'll we'll just do the outro and then we'll talk. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I have to edit this out. Just just talking about nothing before that episode's done. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So thank you all, all for listening. Um. See you next week for a little top of horrors. That one's very fun. Um. I'll see you if I have time to watch the original, but I probably will. I'll probably just watch the um the Rick. Moranis. Yeah. Um, and I'll probably listen to the Carrie Butler, uh, Hunter Foster version, because Hunter Foster and Carrie Butler. Um, but anywho. Um, I think she's also in uh, Pushing Daisies, the lady who or, or plays Audrey in the Rick like, Moranis uh, one. Ellen Green? Yeah, because she talks like this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that'll be a fun, <laughs> a fun character to play. Um more. Yeah. Um, anywho, yeah, so we'll see you next week with that. Uh, you can find us on Instagram at History of the Spotlight. You can find us on Twitter at History in the SP1. Uh, you can find us on our email at History of the Spotlight at gmail.com. Email us all your thoughts, your opinions, uh, shows we should do in the future. Um, yeah. Um, and we're also on Redbubble, so just look up History of the Spotlight on Redbubble and we should be there. Um, I don't even know if we've sold anything that has not come from me. Yeah. <laughs> um, actually, I haven't really checked on that recently. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we'll see you next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.